0: and we are live. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Sheep Sheared Podcast. Here we talk about people, politics, and popular culture. I am your host, Austin Creed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. So today we're going to talk a little bit about people and popular culture mixed in with just a hint of politics. So when it comes to cultural issues that You can only dance around for so long. I would have to argue one of the most apparent is that of social change, social evolution. The ones that we see every day of the week. And personal identity is also something we've seen a lot of changes in in recent times. So we're going to talk a lot about personal identity today. We're going to talk about social anxiety and the need to fit in. We are also gonna touch on topics such as masculinity, radical feminism, social evolution, and then I'm gonna tie in a little bit of mental health, not to diagnose anybody. What I wanna do is I wanna bring it to your attention and I want you to have the ability to maybe see things in a way that makes sense of that which is distorted. So without further ado, we're going to roll the intro to the show, and then we're going to get started. And we're back. So before we hop in, what I want to do first is... L- I want to give a little bit of a disclaimer. For those of you who may be new here, first, welcome. Second, what I want to talk about is I want to warn you, I I say things very, very bluntly. I don't do it just to cause conflict. I don't do it purely to offend anybody. I want to give it to you the way that most people want their food. Most people want the truth. They want it raw. They want it off the, They want it authentic and they don't want it... Heavily processed and artificial. So that's what we do around here. Secondly, for the I ask a lot of questions during the show. I'll get into the first question of the day in just a moment. But for those of you who want to engage in the show, you can find me on Twitter at Austin Creed or at OzzyCreed, A-U-Z-Z-I-E-C-R-E-E-D. There you can answer any questions that I pose during the show by following me. And you can DM me. Um, I'm going to start posting the questions on my Twitter. And you're more than welcome to respond. Give your opinion. Voice any criticism, concerns. Have any comments. Whatever you may want to do. You are more than welcome to do it there. All I ask is you keep it respectful. And that you don't mess up the community. Now. Enough grifting. Enough lollygagging. Let's hop in. First question I have. How do you define yourself? If someone were to ask you who are you? what is it that defines you as an individual? What would you say? What would your answer be? How do you identify yourself? Is it by your political orientation is it by the church you go to? Is it the friends you have? Is it the activities you participate in what is it I I see such a lack of identity in America. We used to be defined by our borders, language, culture, history. But a lot of that is being changed. It's being subverted and being uprooted, especially by the communists that are on the left. And it's being bastardized by the people on the far right side who are taking it to too far extremes. Whether it be through racism, whether it be through... Revisionist history, it makes no difference. Everything hinges on the truth and seeing it. Because let me tell you something right now. The truth will never change. Now, you I, that's why I dismissed the entire notion of, oh, well, this is her truth and his truth and their truth, my truth and their truth, his truth, their truth. No, 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 no. There is the truth. And then there are your perceptions of the truth however there isn't only one truth and that truth does not change no matter who believes it who doesn't believe it who doesn't want to believe it it doesn't matter it makes no difference now i know some of you most of you are not going to agree with that and you're probably thinking in my, in your head already But hey, I'll take that role. It doesn't change the fact that I know that I'm right on this. No, I don't claim to be the, oh, well, I as Austin, I know everything about the truth, and that is why you must listen to me. No, no, don't be ridiculous. However, let's talk about, Now I talked about distortions. Now, I'm gonna tie in a syndrome of mental health that doesn't get talked about as much, and I'm not bringing this up to diagnose anybody. I am not... I'm a mental health professional. I bring this up not to diagnose or to treat anybody. I say it as a, hey, we're bringing this up because it's important. And I want it to provoke thought and encourage you to learn and dive in to deeper topics that maybe you never thought about before. So here's what we're going to talk about. Now, if you were a kid like me and you grew up in the 2000s, maybe you grew up in the 80s, 90s, or maybe you're when some of the younger listeners to the show, and you. But here's what I want to talk about for those of you who have seen Alice in Wonderland before. If you haven't, it's a trip, <laughs> in more ways than one. And there's a there's a syndrome associated with Alice in Wonderland because it's based off of distortions. It's called Alice in Wonderland syndrome, and it's described as a set of symptoms with alterations of your body image. Now, those of you who are very plugged into politics, you've probably heard of gender dysphoria and how that's really been scrubbed from the modern day um landscape of mental health because of the transgender movement. They want to get rid of that altogether and they don't want to see it as a disease. They want to see it as the cure, but they want to deny that there's a disease in the Crisis, but look, we'll, that's we're getting off track here. Now, let me tell you something. Let me, I want to ask a question before I tell you something else. Question Do you struggle with your body image? And if you're alone, you are not alone if you do. You what? Yeah, just because you're alone, just because you think you're alone does not make you alone. If you struggle with your body image, welcome to the club. Now, I'm curious, what is it about yourself that you maybe wish you could change, alter? Maybe your perception, maybe your perception of yourself is a lot different than what other people see. Has that ever happened to you? Cuz I can tell you, it's sure happened to me. It sure should happen to me. And I want you to know something else. This is mainly applies to children. However, I think the idea is interesting. For those of you who know Alice in Wonderland, you'll remember the character of the Cheshire Cat. And one of the things he discussed was that most people are mad. He said that most people were mad here. In fact, he wasn't fully sane himself, which I thought was a very interesting point. Just because you think you're always right does not mean that you're maybe 100% sane or always 100% in the right just because you have the right idea. And I think a lot of people wanna um, project themselves onto others and say, oh, well I see all all these inadequacies in your life, but I'm good. Or I ain't got nothing to worry about, or it's not my fault, it's his fault, or her fault, or their fault, whoever's fault. It all comes down to accountability and knowing yourself. Personal identity. People often forsake their personal identity for social cohesion. And I don't want you to do that because when you die to yourself, you become integrated into the society to the point where you lose the sense of self and then you wonder why, well, why do I not have self-esteem? Oh, why do I not have the ability to really love myself? Well, because there is no self for you to love. Duh. Think about it. It's a very humbling thought. Now, for those of you who think that I'm making all this up or that it it, all this Austin, this doesn't apply to me. No, that applies to somebody else. Self-reflection is extremely important. And any time you bypass knowledge, the power structure is saying this to you. Thank you for being so dumb. That's what they're saying to you. Because you're checking your your knowledge at the gate and anything you could have potentially learned. Now speaking of personal identity, I want to address the men in the audience. Men, huddle up, huddle up, real quick. So, if the rise of Andrew Tate has shown anybody anything, it's that there are men out there who are sick and tired of the so-called toxic masculinity going on they're sick and tired of their personal identity as a man being attacked and being thrown out of social of the, of society and being really pushed into a hey, we need you to act like this. Or we need you to do x y or z and if you're not doing that, then you're bad. Or if you're doing a b and c, well then you're the problem. Does that resonate with anybody? I want to ask you, do you, if you're a young man listening to the show, do you feel, now I know most men don't even say the word feel, but I'm going to ask you this question nonetheless. Young men, do you feel as if you are attacked? Uh, This goes across racial lines. This goes across political lines. I don't care about it. Put put an interpreter over your ear. I don't, wanna, I don't care about any of that. What I care about is do you feel as if you are under attack and that you can't win no matter what you say, no matter what you do, no matter who you interact with, no matter what happens, especially when it comes to dealing with the ladies, do you think you can't win? Do you feel that way? Because I want to let you know something. You're not alone if you feel that way. In fact, most men... Unfortunately, we've kind of been forced to we, we don't want to always be quote quote toxic. I don't believe in toxic masculinity to be a thing at all, by the way. But I'll use that terminology for lack of a better vocabulary. And I'll say When it comes to being toxic, most here here's our reaction to most of the time when people call us toxic. Hey, I hate you too, bitch. No, 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 I'm just kidding. Can you imagine? Am I wrong? I want you to answer, did you think I'm wrong? Now, I want you to I want to read you some of the data that I found. Now, they start off with a statement for the ages. American men have a problem. Oh, we do. Oh, well, uh, let's see what it is. Why would they say that? Well, let's look. They say, they, uh, men, they being men, account for less than 40% of new college graduates. Which leads me to another question. If you're not going to college, why not? I'm personally in college because I the GI Bill has helped me afford college rather well. So I'm not paying as much. But I'm curious. What if you're not if you're a man and you don't want to go to college, are you going to trade school? Are you starting a business straight out of high school? What are you doing? Because I think it's important to have all options be explored. And we talk about all of this. But let's continue with the article. They say that men also roughly 70% of, account for 70% of drug overdose deaths and more than 80% of gun violent deaths. Okay. I don't know if that's really news. You mean to tell me that testosterone tends to make men violent towards other men? I mean, (laughs) I think you can look throughout history and look at war and say, oh wow, what a bombshell statement that is. But let's keep going. They say as the left has struggled to offer a positive vision for masculinity, male voters, they don't say race, they don't say age, they don't say any of that. They just say male voters. Male voters have abandoned the Democratic Party at historically high rates. Let me ask you something. Men, do you think the Democratic Party represents you? Why or why not? What is it about them that will you would resonate with or not i personally think that any man who supports especially the mainstream democrat party is delusional absolutely delusional and you're so plugged in and you're so brainwashed but that's that's a difference that's a whole different thing i don't say that to insult you i say that isn't it that's just the way it works and then they proceed to talk about oh why can't democrats win with male voters well because they were well number 1 they're pandering to the women let's peep that a buck and number 2 when's the last time that they talked about male issues when's the last time they said hey men why what's going on we need to have a dialogue let's actually fix this not just blow out hot air now for those of you who are maybe I've touched on toxic masculinity in the past like I said I don't believe it to be a real thing and I don't like to use terms created by communist vermin But sometimes these uh, communist vermin, I want to use their terms against them because their terms inherently make no sense. And they like to distort the English language into a way where it's barely recognizable. But nonetheless, I digress. We're going to move on. And we're going to talk about... Well, I've touched on this in the past. So we're going to talk about what is toxic masculinity. Personally, I think the minute... You demonize masculinity, your society begins to sound like this. Think about it. Men we as men do most of the stuff for society. So when society stops to starts to turn against the people who helped make it, society can only really go one direction. However, let's explore this a little more. I'll touch on it again. They call of course they call it a buzzword, yeah. I wonder why. I wonder why. They say the term, quote, toxic masculinity, unquote, isn't meant to imply that the idea of masculinity is in and of itself bad. Oh. Oh, really? Oh. That's funny. Because that's not what I've experienced in my own personal life. I get it. That could be very anecdotal evidence at best. But let's keep going. Instead, they argue... It's meant to point out that certain behaviors and ways of thinking often associated with masculinity from mental and physical toughness to sexism to homophobia have a negative and often dangerous impact on the world. Oh, oh, is that right? I love how they just throw in homophobia as if that fits with the rest. I don't understand that. There are multiple societies that were very masculine that didn't have anything against homosexuality. Number one would be the Maori or the Polynesian cultures. They had a lot of... they They had manly men that just happened to be homosexual. There was no, oh my gosh, he's gay, get him! No, there was none of that. In fact, I'd argue that most of that, there's nothing... You don't see that today. In fact, I'd argue you've almost never seen that. The only, where, the only place you see that in the world is with the extreme jihadists who throw gays off of roofs. Look it up. Yes, that's a real thing. Anyways, how is mental and physical toughness bad? How is that toxic? You mean to tell me it's bad to be tough? You want us to be weaklings? And Since when is weakness charming? Since when does weakness done anything for anybody besides get people killed? Or get people thrown in jail. Or get people thrown in, sh- in shackles. I mean, come on. What are they talking about? What is this garbage? I want to ask you something. Male, female, I don't care who you are listening to the show. I want to ask you something. Do you think that it's toxic to be mentally and physically tough? That's toxic now? And sexism. What? Okay, I'm going to look up the definition of sexism because that is just... Oh, here we go. Sexism is prejudice or discrimination against a person based on their sex. They have another definition of... Oh, my land. What is it? Ladies, ladies, I gotta ask y'all something real quick. What is it with y'all and always wanting to act like you're oppressed all the time? I don't get it. What is it with everybody wanting to be play... They want Everybody wants to take gold in the oppression Olympics. I don't get it. Tough men have helped build and maintain society. Why are we saying now that, oh well, um, if you're a masculine man and you like to protect and be strong, well, you're toxic. What? So being tough and resilient is, is toxic? Yeah, yeah. Whoever, who wrote this? Who wrote this garbage? A woman named Sarah. Well, of course it's a woman talking about toxic masculinity again. Oh, my land. Yeah, of course it's women writing about toxic masculinity as if they know anything about masculinity. Shut up, man. Thank you for being so dumb. I don't get it. They're so so dumb for the New World Order. It's ridiculous to me. Pushing the party line, again. See, this is all a part of radical feminism. Now, not every feminist is radical, keep in mind. However, when you see people like this writing articles about toxic masculinity and saying that if you're a strong man, you're toxic, you know they're a radical feminist. End of story. Now, let's tie this back into social anxiety. People have a need to fit in. And if they don't feel like they're, they fit into society, they have one of two options. One, they try harder to conform. Or two, they try to force society to conform to them. And that is exactly what radical feminism does, or has done, over the last, I'd argue, last 50 years, especially. I'll raise you the definition of radical feminism. The definition is, radical feminism is a perspective within feminism itself, like I said, Not every single one, not every feminist is radical. So radical feminism is a perspective within feminism that calls for a radical reorder, reorder, of society in which male supremacy is eliminated in all social and economic contexts, while recognizing the woman's experience are also affected by other social divisions, okay, now we're getting into chicken bo- race, class, sexual orientation. Oh, oh, no, oh, man. Every time I hear people start this with this political jargon, as soon as you start, as soon as you start hearing somebody talk about this political jargon, you should be thinking to yourself, I'm in danger. Because you are. They're trying to program you. They're not actually, they're using a lot of words to say nothing. They're double talking you. So next time you hear somebody talk about uh, sexism, racism, homophobia, sex, class, gender, whatever, you need you should be thinking to yourself, <laughs> "I'm in danger," because you are. Not physically per se, but mentally, yes, they're trying to program you. <laughs> they're they're testing you. You might as well see people now. Not everybody's a robot, but bear with me on this analogy. You might as well see it as everybody's a robot, and then, except for you, and then when they try to say, Oh, isn't it a wonderful day? Isn't the sky blue? Like, the sky is yellow, right? And you look at them and you say, Uh, no, the sky is blue. And then you see them just all turn red and look at you like, What? What? You dare to not agree with the party line? Or agree with the the, the jargon that they put out? Yeah, that's essentially what this is, and that's why they use these words I want to ask you something. Next time someone talks about, oh, you're a misogynist evil man, if you believe that. Ask them, what is misogyny? Can you define that for me, please? And if they have to pick up their phone to look up the definition or they start hemming and hawing, you know that they don't even know what they're talking about. Now, for those of you who think that Oh, this is all, uh, this is all just minor detail. It's not, there's no culture war. There's no, sus- there's no conspiracy of the highest order. There's no new world order. There's no, none. all of that is just right-wing conspiracy double talk. Oh, really? Well, let's look up the definition of social change. We've been talking about personal identity. How do you identify yourself? And we were talking about social anxiety, the, the need to fit in, the need to conform the need to be recognized and appreciated by the people around you. So let's talk about it. So, social change can evolve from a number of different sources, including contact with other societies. In other words, kind of merging the two and having them form an entirely new one based off of the old, or changes to the environment. That is also a good one. We saw that with the the pandemic and how that changed a lot of the ecosystem and changed politics and everything else with mainly the politicians trying to grab as much power as they can get away with like a kid with his hands in the cookie jar trying to grab as many cookies as possible uh technology huge one the more technology advances the less work people have to do the more the work changes the more we as a society are forced to adapt and change our behaviors accordingly, and sometimes our personal identity will have to then be changed along with it in order to survive. There's a lot that contributes to social change, which is why the social anxiety is at an all time high and why your personal identity is under attack. I wanna ask you something. Do you think that as society changes that every personal identity is gonna be accepted? Nope. Do you think that you, if you're in the a uh, psychological minority, or even if you're a, a minority, so if you're a minority in society and you don't go along with the party line, do you think that they're going to try to fight for you? Nope. Do you think that if you as an individual try to fight the system, that You're going to get rewarded for that or that society is going to be like, oh, my gosh. You're right. We need to change. We need to. You have provided such valuable insight, whoever you are. And I really want you to know that we accept you and we see your brilliance. Nope. (sighs) Yeah, that's not going to happen. Let me know when that one happens. I would love to hear it. Look folks, when all is said and done, everybody has a distorted image of themselves and the world around them, in my humble opinion, because of one main reason. The truth, like good medicine, often tastes lousy, and when you're forced to take these doses of reality. Most of the time they're painful, most of the time you don't like it, and most of the time it's needed, but you don't like it while it's happening. When it comes down to it, how do you respond? What is it about you that makes you different, and what is it that can really help you endure the op- I don't want to say oppression but deal with the dealing with the fact that society is kind of throwing you to the, on the sidelines because if you dare to be an individual if you don't follow with a group if you don't follow the herd if you dare to be a ram with horns and you break past this barrier of the herd that keeps you there, the pen of the party or the pen of academia or the pen of whatever it may be, culture, religion, uh, politics, whatever it may be, and you dare to explore, you will be attacked. You will be ostracized and your identity will be tested because your social stake is in danger. And so I want to ask you, What do you think is more important? Fitting in with society and being accepted? Or being true to yourself? Because let me tell you something. If you try to both. Be true to yourself. And at the same time. You try to be accepted by society. At the same time. I wish I could give you better news. But you're often going to end up like this. Because it's. Not something that can be done. They're they're inherently contradictory by nature. Society requires you to have certain traits, certain ideas, and ideals that you accept. As As a personal identity, you can have whatever you want. But that doesn't mean that society is going to be forced to accept you, and it shouldn't. Because society needs to look out for itself. The herd is always put first in the herd. The collective good is put first. As an individual, your need is put first. So, don't forget that. And that's why I would argue that the Alice in Wonderland syndrome we were talking about earlier, with your whether it be your body image, whether it be your mental image being distorted, it's very accurate. In fact, I would challenge all of you listening to this show, I would challenge you to look back at yourself, look yourself in the mirror, meditate, And really look at yourself and say, what are aspects of myself where maybe my view of myself is wrong or maybe other people's view of me is wrong? Because if the two conflict, only one can be true. And just because you feel one is true doesn't make it true. Uh, Truth is objective, not subjective. The philosophy of that is complicated, which will save it for another day. However, I want you to nonetheless... Really reflect and ask yourself. What is it about yourself that you value? And what are you willing to sacrifice. To get to where you want to go. Whether it's strengthen your personal identity. Or double down on your social stake. And want it to be higher in society. Anyways my friends. That is the show. I appreciate everybody who stuck around. I know that. When I get a little deeper in topics and. I, I t- tend to go a little down the rabbit hole like Alice did and I sometimes wonder if I sound like the teacher from Ferris Bueller. 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 I hope I don't but nonetheless folks if you want to answer any of the questions you have if you want to answer them to me or if you want to ask me any questions you can find me on Twitter at Austin Creed on the Twitter page you'll find a link to the Mothership website sorry, you will find on that website a donate button as well as all the episodes to all the other rest of the content on the channel if you want to donate I would feel I am very grateful if you do and all of those proceeds will go to investing back into the show to upgrade my software get better hardware I'm working on getting my camera set up so that I could you could find me both here and on YouTube. That's my next expansion. But until next time, folks, I wanted to thank you for listening to the show. As I said before, you can find me on social media, uh, on Twitter, at Austin Creed. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, God bless you, God bless your family, and God bless these United States of America. We are out of here.